Did you know that people, on average, gain 5 to 10 pounds per year at Christmas time and don't take it off? I'm going to tell you how that is going to affect your performance you know where. Tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse sexpert, blogger. It is my absolute pleasure to be here with you this evening. We have a great show tonight, but do keep in mind that listener discretion is advised, so please put the kidlets to bed as we are going to talk about S-E-X. So if they they know what I just spelled, then they can stay up. Anyway, we have a great program tonight because I have a beautiful letter from a listener and also a nutritionist, Dr. Keith Cantor, is going to join me. He's going to help us from learn, and he's going to teach us how to prevent gaining that 5 to 10 pounds. Is that all we gain? <laughs> I think it's like 20. Anyway, he's going to teach us some strategies on how to prevent gaining that extra weight during the holidays. The only way that I know how is to eat your way through enjoy it, have a great time, and then ask for the program Just Dance. You need to have an Xbox (laughs) with it, but it's a fabulous program. I was at a party the other night and with my dolphins, my, my swimmers, my summer swimming crew, and a whole bunch of other people, and this Just Dance they, they had this Just Dance software, and you felt like Katy Perry's backup dancers. It was amazing. So they, they showed you had to follow the yellow glove and, and follow all the steps of this caricature on the television set, and then they played it back for you. And you just, you know, you know does anybody like to see themselves on TV? I certainly don't. Face for radio here. But then they played it back, and they played it back very fast. So you actually looked like you were a fabulous dancer. So, I mean, it was addictive. It was so much fun. So that's my only suggestion is to get Just Dance. I've certainly asked for it for Christmas. Feel free to send it to me here at the station if you like. You can also give me a call at the station anytime, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I'm also going to go through some questions. Last week I had a woman called Jane who was a sex addict on the program, and I'd had lots of emails after that about sex addiction and lots about Jane's particular case. Jane is a patient of mine who was willing to share her story. She's at a place in her life where she no longer wants, she really wants to get help for her sex addiction. It's very difficult. But one person emailed and asked if she ever self-loathed. And she certainly does get into self-loathing in her addictive cycle. And so she does feel horrifically guilty and very badly, and she has a lot of shame and, and self-loathing, so she doesn't feel very good about herself. So it's very, uh, being ha- having sex addiction, and we are going to actually be talking about addiction and the opiate receptors on the brain with our nutritionist, Dr. Keith Cantor, a little bit later. Well, he's going to be joining us after the first break. Um, so... But sex addiction is very, very difficult to treat. I also had some questions from people asking how she found people to have sex with. And she's described to me that she could actually go into a room and she can pick out the people who are sex addicts. And she would basically just go up to them and ask them if they played. That was it. 
and they generally said yes. She did have some father issues, and she looked for a certain type of man, a man who had perceived power, maybe unhealthy power, but had a certain type of power, whether that be through a prestigious job or the amount of money or his level of of confidence. So she did certainly look for a particular type of man, but then she also found that sometimes that man disappointed and he wasn't quite the man that she thought he was. And in fact, he was quite childish as well. And people wondered how long her addiction went on and it has gone on for about 30 years or so. Um, So sex addiction is a very challenging addiction, far more challenging than some of the other addictions like alcohol and food, which we will be touching upon tonight. And because you can live without, well, you can live with a lesser amount of food. You can live without alcohol, you can live without drugs, but sex, I don't think you can live without. And it's also very difficult to establish what's healthy and what is unhealthy. So it's a very challenging addiction to deal with. And of course, stress can bring it Uh, on, rear its ugly head, if you will. And there are many triggers, which Jane spoke about, certain triggers that occurred. And uh, there's very much of a a self-focus. Really, a lot of people with sex addiction and a lot of people with addiction are really focused upon themselves. So, um, you know, I can get away with a lot, given the work that I do. (laughs) especially if you corner me in a parking lot and tell me about your troubles down there. But uh, but first of all, I have to say I was gobsmacked this week in my clinical practice. I work here in Vancouver, and I also have a clinical practice in North Vancouver. And I, I saw about 30 or 40 women in my practice, and honestly, not one woman was having sex with their partners. These were heterosexual couples. They were same-sex couples. They were couples who'd been together a year or two. They were couples who'd been together 20 years, 30 years, 18 years, and not one woman. The reasons were life got in the way, too busy, couldn't be bothered, sick of having sex with the same man. One woman desired another man's hands on her as opposed to the man she had been with for 20 years. One woman who really struck me had never gotten over the fact that 12 years ago or so, she found her husband online looking at porn. My first thought was, don't they all do that? Isn't that normal? (laughs) You got upset with him, and they actually split up uh, over him looking at porn. He was actually chatting online with a few women, though, and that was the part she couldn't get over. So when they split up, He was devastated, which, you know, a lot of couples are very happy in their relationship, but they're very unhappy with their sex lives. And so he went went back to this woman, his wife, and said, you're the best thing that ever happened. And after, to me, and after about two years, they got back together again. But she could never get over the fact that he had chatted with a woman online or two, a woman online, and therefore she withheld sex from him for the past decade, a decade-long sentence without having sex. I did speak to her about the risk of not having sex with either partner, a man or a woman, 
for an entire decade, and the biggest risk is that they will cheat. And she said, no, no, not my, not my husband. She adored him. She was attracted to him. She found him so sexy and handsome, yet she just couldn't get over the threshold and have sex with him. And she said, you know, whenever he's not working, and he works a lot, we're together. And that is one of the prime places that people will find somebody to have sex with, especially if they're not having sex in their relationship. But later on in the program, I'm going to tell you a story from a man's perspective uh, about a wife who was not having sex with him. And that's the story where I can get away with (laughs) a lot, given the work that I do. But when I come back, we're going to focus on that waistline. And Dr. Keith Cantor is going to join me and help me to lose that 20 pounds that I've gained during this holiday season. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Well, we have the holidays in full swing. This means a frantic time for millions of people with shopping, travel, holiday parties, and family get-togethers. It's also a time when most of us gain weight, and we call that the holiday weight creep, and it's through overindulgence. The average person gains between 5 and 10 pounds during this holiday season and very seldom loses it during the rest of the year. Why do we gain so much weight during the holidays? Well, Dr. Keith Cantor, a leading nutritionist, author of the book The Green Box League of Nutritious Justice and CEO of Named, joins me on the line. Hello, Dr. Cantor. Hi, thanks so much for having me on the show, Maureen. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining me because a lot of people are troubled by this. Uh, we're full of parties up here. You're in the, you're in the U.S. You're in Atlanta. <laughs> up here in Canada, I'm sure you're having lots of parties. Up here, it's, it's lots of party time and lots of overindulgence, and the choices aren't necessarily great. There's lots of drinking. <laughs> what can we do about that additional weight? Well, uh, first of all, we could try not to gain it. How do we do that? How do you say no to the fabulous delights, uh, the treats and the chocolates and the meals and the eggnog? What you have to do, in a sense, is plan it. We know that there's going to be parties and uh, weight creep, as you call it, and the average, you're right, is between 5 and 10 pounds. I think it's 7 pounds in the United States. So it's, uh, you know, 5 to 10 is uh, pretty much right on that the average person gains. We have to think about it. One of the things we have to think about is not doing what we were taught since we were children. And what I mean by that is the first thing that we were taught is, okay, if we're going to have a holiday party or a holiday uh, dinner at Grandma's house, don't eat breakfast. Don't eat lunch. Go there, you know, so you're totally starving. So you (laughs) eat everything in sight and you make Grandma happy or Aunt Mabel happy. And that's what we were all taught since we were kids. That's so American, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it's Canadian. I don't really know. But I know I remember that, actually. So we can't do that. What you have to do is, assuming the party's in the evening, and most of them are, have a normal, healthy, hopefully, uh, breakfast and a normal, healthy uh, lunch. So you don't go to the party starving. That in itself will cut down a lot on the calories and even uh, the drinking. So that's step one. Eat a regular breakfast and lunch, assuming it's a dinner party. If it's a lunch party, eat a breakfast, etc. If you normally work out, 
do your workout. Don't say, well, I don't want to do it because I'm going to you know, be with all the people and I'd have to get up early. Now you need your workout more than usual because when you work out, besides burning calories, you raise your metabolism. It's called your basal metabolism. So this way when you eat, that's your metabolism basically while you're resting. You want that to be as high as possible so when you eat, you'll burn up the calories quicker. And people tend to skip a, a lot of workouts during the holidays. The third thing to do is to make sure you drink enough water. And you're supposed to drink one half of your body weight in ounces per day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should drink uh, 75 ounces of water you know, th throughout the day, especially during the holidays because we're going to tend to eat more. And we tend to drink more. The other thing that I tell people to do is before and after every drink, assuming you're going to drink wine or you're going to drink a beer or even if it's, you know, a hard liquor, have a glass of water before the drink and a glass of water after the drink. That'll fill you up. Water's good for you anyhow. It'll bloat you a little bit, but you won't feel like drinking as much. So those are a few pretty easy tips that'll help a lot. And those are for people who don't want to drink as much, right? Not yeah, necessarily correct. for the people who want to to, to drink. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> <A> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there are but those even, people. But even if you want to drink, that's a way to drink less. You'll drink as much as you want, but the water will take up space. Right. And you'll drink less, so you could still take part. Mm -hmm. See, because you have to do everything in moderation. If you tell people, don't drink any alcohol at all, they just won't listen to you. Oh, absolutely. So, but if you say to somebody, you might want to cut down on your alcohol consumption this party, have a drink of water before and after, they'll be like, forget that. I'm just going to have... Yeah, but you know, so somebody, uh, want, somebody has to have that desire. Yeah, but the, the water before and after won't bother them as much as trying to tell them to uh, not drink. Right, exactly. You could almost say, drink as much as you want, just have a glass of water before and after, and they won't drink that much. Exactly. So how do we um, prevent ourselves from going to that long table loaded with? You're going to go to the long table anyhow. So what you have to do, and this is from me being a Marine, is uh, you have to scout it out first. So go to the table before it's... You know, you're ready to eat, and most people have, you know, what we call like a smorgasbord, mm -hmm. you know, where everything's there, and look at it, and look at the table. And there's going to be certain things that you just, you love having them every year, and you don't want to miss it. Or there's something new. There's nothing wrong with that, but look at the table first and say, okay, and then pick out the things that you want. And if you're having, Let's say there's a bunch of desserts there, and there's three that you want to try. Well, you don't want to have three full desserts. That's sort of, first of all, it'll probably make you sick, but no, that's how you gain weight. But you could have a taste of the three desserts, just take a, a third of each one, so it only comes out to one piece total, making believe it's cake. Mm -hmm. This uh, way you still got to try all three. Which how, would make you happy. How about but you didn't overindulge? How does mindful mindfulness work like sometimes i will say i have eaten all of this food in the past there's no reason for me to even try it tonight that's good but not that many people do that so you know try to load up on proteins those take the longest to digest 
they fill you up. They're usually the healthiest, like turkey or mm-hmm. or, or a brisket or, or, or things of uh, that nature. That's good. Of course, uh, try to have as much uh, you can of vegetables, salads, of course, uh, fruits. Stay away as much as you can from the gravies and all the dressings. That's where there's a lot of uh, calories. You know, you can have a little bit, but, you know, you look at some people and they're having uh, some salad with their dressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or they're having some uh, turkey with their gravy. Exactly. The other way around. And, and just try to be reasonable. And then if possible, depending on the weather... Go for a walk with uh, your family and, and, and friends after dinner. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk for 15, 20 minutes if you can. You know, obviously, depending on the weather and the health of the people. Exactly. To uh, burn some calories. But really what it is is human, using common uh, sense and making it so it's still fun. But what people tend to do is, like I said, they go there, they eat everything in sight, they can't move afterwards. They're sitting there moaning and groaning, oh, I ate too much. Those are the Americans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you about uh, food addiction. We talked a little bit earlier about the opiate receptors, and you have a, a diet called the Named or a, a Way named of Life. Program, yeah. The Named Program. So tell, tell me a little bit about the addiction to food that is relevant uh, or similar to addiction to heroin and other opiates, how the, how the brain receptors work. Okay. Well, there's opiate receptors in everybody's body. You have them in your uh, brain, in your spinal cord, and in your gastro, gastrointestinal tract. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. And they're clusters of proteins. Okay. These Clusters of proteins get stimulated by different things, like drugs, like alcohol, but also other things uh, stimulate them. When they're, which I'll go over in a second. When they're stimulated, they release chemicals. These chemicals give the body urges. When the body gets an urge, if you're addicted to something like heroin, like cocaine, alcohol, oxycodone, anything. Sex what, and food as well? Yeah, but first I was getting with the drug. That's what the body assumes that the urge is for. So, and, and you know, one thing feeds on, on the other. So then we have the drugs, and then the drug re-stimulates the opiate receptors, and it's a vicious cycle. Now, there's also foods that stimulate the opiate receptors and act very much like uh, drugs. As a matter of fact, I recently read an article uh, that sugar is more addicting than cocaine. Absolutely. Because it stimulates the same opiate receptors and you have the same highs and lows. It really deals with dopamine and you know, the, the neuroreceptors, but still it gives you the same highs and lows. Exactly. From sugar. We're just going to go to break right now. I'm going to ask if you don't mind staying on the line because I want to Not finish this with you. All right, so when I come back, we're going to talk about those cravings for sugar and sex. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking about weight loss or weight gain during the holidays and how not to do it because it's going to affect your performance in the you-know-where, in the bedroom. You don't want that. It sounds like it's already pretty rough in the bedrooms out there, British Columbia, because no one I speak to is having sex. (laughs) This is a massive ship I need to turn around, people. I'm Maureen McGrath, in case you're just joining the show, and uh, I'm in the sex field, and everything is related to sex, let me tell you, and so is weight gain, because the heavier you are, the less 
you know, you don't feel so good about yourself. And it may turn somebody else off as well. I, I met a woman recently, and she told me she had low sexual desire. She'd been with her husband for like 20 years. And, and then when I met her husband, I was like, no kidding. Like, he had this really large gut. I'm sorry. I'm judgmental. I'm shallow. He was overweight. Uh, and, you know, no interest in, it's or it seemed, no interest in getting in shape or cutting down on the alcohol or the food. So Dr. Keith Cantor is here with me. He's a leading nutritionist. He's the author of the book, The Green Box League of Nutritious Justice, and the CEO of NAMED, a program to help stabilize blood sugars and decrease inflammation. Dr. Cantor, you're still on the line with me? I sure am. All right. If anyone has a question, they can call in at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, or you can email me if you like. And I did have an email while you while we were away, Dr. Cantor, and this is from Michael. And uh, Michael is wondering if 15 to 20-minute ice baths in the morning and at night will help to keep weight off because the theory is the cold exposure stimulates your metabolism and hormonal profile for fat loss. And apparently cold stimulates a certain type of fat tissue that actually helps your body burn more fat and glucose as heat. Any truth to taking cold, ice-cold baths in the morning, (laughs) which sounds like murder to me? No. uh, I mean... There's some truth about, uh, it's called brown fat. Yes. It has to do with working out in the cold. But in terms of uh, it work, you know, taking a cold uh, bath uh, to lose weight, I want to, I'd rather, for the 20 minutes, if you go on a treadmill or a bicycle, you do a lot better. Okay. Than taking a cold bath. There we are, dispelling these myths out there that are going to make our lives even more miserable, taking an ice cold bath in the morning. And at night. Um, so we talked a little bit about sugar and the addictive nature of sugar. And, and that's just the, one of the foods. Sugar is the biggest one that we all do, and it stimulates the opiate receptors. And if we're not addicted to drugs or alcohol, it'll tell us to eat more sugar. But there's other foods that do it, too. Gluten does it. Really? So, is gluten not the biggest marketing no, scam out there. <laughs> Sorry. My wife is gluten intolerant, and I, I never thought anything about it because uh, I'll eat it. But uh, what does gluten intolerance mean? It just means that uh, it, it'll give you an upset stomach. It, it, it'll make you, you know, maybe a little nauseous. Give you, you know, some bathroom problems. It doesn't mean you have the real disease, which is celiac disease, which right. means like if you have it, you have to go to the hospital. It, it, but what happened over time, and some of it is because our wheat over the last 50 years has gotten different. And has It's not the same wheat of 50 years ago. So that that's one problem. But And why isn't it the same wheat as 50 years ago? Well, the soil gets depleted. You know, none of our food is as nutritious as it was a long time ago. Things change. We don't rotate the crops as much as we're supposed to and, and things of that nature. So it's not the same. And this has been getting more and more uh, prevalent over the last several years. But if you go on a diet and you cut out sugar, you'll lose a certain amount of weight. If you cut out sugar and gluten, you'll lose double the amount of weight. That's a, that's a huge difference. That is uh, a big difference, absolutely. And if you have gluten versus don't have gluten and have that basically the same diet, the people who eat gluten will tend to consume 350 calories a day more, which is about an extra pound if they didn't burn it up every 10 days. Right. So, you know, it, it's a pretty significant uh, difference. So gluten is another one. 
Most dairy products stimulate the uh, opiate receptors. Almost all of the sugar substitutes stimulate the opiate uh, receptors. Like the diet, like the diet drinks, and equal the sugar. Uh Except for stevia, all the rest of them stimulate it. Then a lot of the dyes and preservatives in our processed uh, foods stimulate the opiate uh, receptors. Okay. So what this does, if you're not addicted to real drugs or alcohol, this will go towards your food addiction. And you'll see people, you know, uh, just taking so much sugar, and they don't even know that there's sugar in it because they call sugar, you know, 20 different names now. Right. So you have to see it, you know, really look closely at uh, the labels, but it's important to watch what you eat and uh, try to stay away from things like sugar. If you can, gluten uh, would be helpful just because it stimulates the opiate receptor. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about the NAMED. We, we don't have much time left, but um, your program. Well, NAMED is for uh, addiction facilities or rehabilitation centers. And the concept is, and these are in treatment where the people stay over for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And what uh, myself and my team came up with, and it's patented and copyrighted and trademark, and it's actually copyrighted in uh, Canada also, but we came up with menus for every day that do not stimulate the opiate receptors. Mm-hmm. And it also gets rid of the inflammation, which we all get from the acidic diet that most of us have. Mm-hmm. And the reason we want to get rid of that inflammation, it's not good for our heart, it's not good for our brain, and Crohn's disease, uh, arthritis. But it also throw, makes the insulin mechanism not work properly, which gives us more sugar cravings. Exactly. Well, how do people so, get, you, you're giving away one week free of that. Yeah, that's a, they, they could just go to namedprogram.com, and right on the top it says a free week's worth of, uh, get one free week's worth of menu, and you click on it, and I think it asks you for your name and then your email address. Excellent. I'm pretty sure that's all it asks for. All right, well, I've got my free week, and uh, I don't think I'm addicted to anything but uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing to be yeah. to. Oh, and, of course, the other one, too, because I host a sex show. Anyway, uh, but that's not... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a sex addict. <laughs> but sex is good. Um, and you, the better... The healthier you are and the trimmer you are, the better weight you are, the better your performance in the bedroom. So thank you so much, Dr. Cantor, for contributing to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show tonight with all your great tips on how to survive the holiday season. And thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. Same to you. Okay. Well, you heard about how you can get thinner and perform better. Uh, When I come back, I'm going to tell you what I can get away with in life, given my job. And I'm also, or the work that I do, uh, and I'm also going to read to you a beautiful letter that I received from a listener. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. And in addition to a little Fleetwood Mac, I have a poem for you. Let's live a lie for today. You'll spin tales and pretend to love me, and I'll smile. You'll not realize it's fake. Then I'll pretend your pretensions don't cause me pain. And that is from Shrisha Divrakaran from Winefire Satin Dew. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I have a letter for you that relates to that poem from one of you fabulous listeners. Dear Maureen, I've been listening to you on CKNW Sunday night for the past six months, and I love your hour 
Sure. Thank you so much. I do not have a computer, and I am very nervous to phone in. I am a 78-year-old female who is married for 50 years to a man who had a male lover for all those years, and I did not know. I discovered the truth. Condoms, scented lubricants, syringes, plastic penis, beautiful cards from his lover, etc., etc., one year ago. He now has dementia and is permanently hospitalized. Thirty years ago, he told me, you are a very sexy, horny woman, and the only way I can control and punish you is by not giving you any sex. And that's what he did. Not giving me any sex, but giving it to his male lover. After forgiving myself and then forgiving him and coming to grips with the deceit and anger I had, I decided I have some living to do. I'm a very spiritual person and had much help from my minister and my very good friends and relatives and my two children and two granddaughters. Six months ago, I met a man who I really like. Six weeks ago, we made love. I was terrified. Question mark, question mark. Am I going to be a dried up prune? Question mark, question mark. Can he enter me? Is he too big? Am I too small? He is very gentle and understanding. The first time was bad because he was big and couldn't enter me easily. As a result, I bled, but it did feel good. We held off for a week, then with lots of foreplay, and I did not need to use any lubricant, I experienced orgasm three times. I did not know what an orgasm was. I've missed all the beauty for 53 years. We've been making love at least three times a week, and I have never felt this beautiful and fulfilled and feel like a woman. We took a trip to Saskatchewan for a week. We stayed one night at the Jasper Park Lodge on the way in a cabin beside the lake with a king-size bed. What ecstasy. We made love six times. I woke him up five times. He loved it, but was tired in the morning. He is a 70-year-old man. Woohoo! He told me I have never made such beautiful love to an insatiable woman. You certainly are not 78 years old. The more sex I get, the more I want. Am I abnormal? Am I making up for lost time? He tells me I'm very sweet. We have never needed any lubricant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't you say that earlier? Thank you for reading my letter. I hope you will answer. If you mention my letter on the radio and you have my permission, please don't mention my name. I guess I'm still from the old school. Do you know how many people don't want me to mention their name on the radio? And I never will and never do. Thank you so much for your beautiful letter. And good for you. I'm so happy that you're still living life and you're, you're enjoying a healthy sex life and you're very normal. Uh, you may try a personal moisturizer or like Repigyne or uh, Dr. Uaqua or Gynotroph. Um, or if, but you say you don't need any lubricants, so that's fine. Or you may try V-Love just to improve um, the sexual experience as well. So otherwise, I just say keep going. It's wonderful. Good for you. And uh, I'm very, very happy for you. You certainly deserve that. And nobody ever needs to control somebody else with sex. And we usually see women controlling men with withholding sex. We don't see that too often. That's not something men typically do. But in this case, 
you can imagine why he did that. He likely, your husband likely had a lot of anger. And you can imagine, you know, I'm always feeling a bit sorry for the underdog as well. And and I do feel a bit for this man. He was not able to live his life in the way he would have liked to. He wasn't true to himself because he likely would have been shamed and embarrassed by his family. And it's this lie that he lived obviously had very damaging effects on your marriage uh, and and likely on him and likely it was very stressful to him, for him to live that lie and it's very difficult for any marriage to recover from dishonesty and and problems deepen when a spouse discovers these lies and and especially if you allow them to continue and they may be other lies as well Uh, We're going to go to break, and then I'm going to come back and tell you about uh, another lie that's going on out there. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, and we are coming up to the end of the show. I just want to share a little story with you of all those women in my office who told me that they are not having sex with their partners, and they are 100% married to patient men. I've actually never met a patient man, but anyway, um, and that none of them have cheated regardless of how long they have been with their partners. And they may have been same-sex couples as well. It didn't matter. So I, um, uh, <laughs> this is the ultimate form of dishonesty in a relationship, and it can be very difficult to get over. Uh, so it cheating on one spouse is as I said, the ultimate form of dishonesty. But people are in denial, and they think that it never happened. So I was driving to work one day this week. This is the kind of thing I can get away with. Sometimes people are afraid to call into the show. And so I was driving to work, and I saw this friend of mine, and he was driving his little sports car. It's in the morning. I started flashing my headlights and uh, trying to get his attention, little toot. And uh, he's kind of late 40s age, and... uh, he turned around, because you don't really expect anyone to be saying hello in traffic. And uh, so I just yelled out the window, hey, how's your pecker? Things looking up? Well, he completely lost it. Uh, just burst out laughing. But if you don't call into my show or email me, sextalk at cknw.com, and instead you corner me in the parking lot and tell me about your problems you're having with your penis, and then... Then <laughs> nobody, nobody else heard, only he heard. But um, he came up to me in a parking lot and he said, you know, I've been listening to your show and I want to call in, but I'm afraid people are going to hear my voice and or recognize my voice. And he said, I'm, I'm so stressed, uh, you know, and I'm having erectile dysfunction and I'm, you know, 47 years old. And I said, yeah, but, you know, a lot of people have erectile dysfunction. It doesn't matter. Uh, you don't have to be old. In fact, you you know, a lot of 20-year-olds have it, 30-year-olds. It's every decade of life. And so he went on to tell me that, you know, they had just bought a house, him and his wife, and it was more money that they wanted than they wanted to spend. He was stressed about that. His business wasn't going well. And then on top of that, the clincher was he was having an extramarital affair with somebody at work because his wife, we don't have much time left in the program, because his wife didn't want to have sex with him and he was tired of initiating, and she had one excuse after another, 
And so now he's having, and I asked him, where are you having the erectile dysfunction? You know, he's occasionally having sex with his wife, but more so having sex with the uh, woman at work. And I asked him, um, he said he wanted to end the affair. And I said, well, why don't you? He said he couldn't. And I said, why not? And he said, because I love it. <laughs> I love the sex that I'm having with her. And he, But he felt he was living a lie. It was causing him tremendous stress. And when I asked him where the erectile dysfunction was playing itself out or not playing itself out, shall I say, he said in both situations. And it was really disturbing to him. He didn't mind the erectile dysfunction he was having with his wife, but he really minded the erectile dysfunction he was having with his girlfriend, with the woman outside of the relationship. So, you know, karma... <laughs> is uh, alive and well. Anyway, we don't have too much time left. Uh, so I did want to let you know what's coming up next week on the program. Perhaps we can dive a little bit deeper, go down below the belt next week, talk a little bit more about erectile dysfunction in those kinds of situations. But what uh, next week, Robert James is going to join me. And he is a middle-aged divorce guy who goes internet dating and he's going to tell us everything that can go wrong with that. He is the author of the book, Next. Uh, the guy is hilarious. You can find him on Twitter, at, uh, at Next the Book. And he tweets all about all of these, these one-liners about uh, what happens with... Uh, one, of them, one of his tweets was uh, his date asked him if he was sexually educated, and so he figured that uh, she was a whole lot more sexually educated than he was. Anyway, uh, we'll have to talk to him about that. So that's next week on the program. And uh, otherwise, uh, next week I am also going to give out a womanizer, the most fabulous sex toy on the planet. So uh, that's my Christmas gift to you. But that's next week. you got to call in. They were out of stock, so I've, I'm going to get it this week. And uh, so make sure you tune in next week. And always follow me on Twitter or tweet me at back, the number two, the bedroom. You can go to my website, which is getting better and better all the time. It has nothing to do with me. It's the uh, website help that I'm getting <laughs> as well. So back to the bedroom.ca. You can always go to my blog, which is on my website. I blog quite a bit about vaginal health, which is back to the bedroom-blog.ca. I also blog for V-Love, so you can go to V-Love, which is a great lubricant and personal moisturizer, help to get your sexual desire up and increase that. And you definitely want to do that. If the mistletoe isn't doing that this Christmas, then, you know, a little V-Love might. You never know. Uh, the Womanizer is a great, uh, if you don't win next week, that is a great Christmas present to get for somebody. Of course, I want Just Dance, so just do send that to me here at the station. No problem. I do want to thank my technical producer, Mr. Mike Given, who's done a phenomenal job, especially with the music tonight and uh, and helping me with GarageBand as well <laughs> earlier. So thanks so much, Mike. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, that's Anytime. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, always great to have you here helping me on the show. Uh so it takes two sometimes. Sometimes it takes three. Anyway, sometimes it does, yeah. You, <laughs> you decide whatever group you want to be in. Anyway, until next week, have a sexually healthy week. And remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.